Good evening. I'm Marcus Leader, and I would like to invite you on a journey of discovery as I pull back the veil and give you a glimpse of the multiverse through the eyes of a Toltec shaman. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and turn down the lights. You're now listening to The Shaman's Brew. In this week's show, I'm going to play part two of my interview with Debbie Edwards concerning angels, archangels, demons, shadow people, and aliens. But before we get into part two, I'd like to make uh, an announcement and congratulate my very good friend, Peter Fippen, who you have heard his music on my show several times. Peter was just nominated for a Grammy for uh, Best Native American Album. His album is called Wood Notes Wild. Congratulations, Peter, and good luck, my friend. And with that, I present to you part two of my interview between Debbie Edwards and myself. Stephen, what's your take on that? You know, that's, uh, and it was funny. I love doing shows with you, Debbie, because you're like, you read my mind without even knowing it. <laughs> well, one of the things that where I was going to ask Marcus is, is, do you think they were human or human at one time? Um, and getting into the, the connection with the UFO and extraterrestrial stuff, that's the first time I've ever heard it. Um, so that's, and it makes, and it does make a lot of sense. Um, now, one thing, Marcus, that I, I mean, I haven't talked to you in quite a while, but if, and I don't know if there's any connection to this whatsoever, and getting into... Um, and you guys were kind of touching on it a little bit earlier about uh, the energy drain, right, where certain spirits can, when you use certain people's energy, um, and your thoughts about um, the the telepathic communication, um, do they have a a sphere of influence with the the telepathic communication which makes or occurs of, of strong emotions from people, and do they gain energy from that? Yeah, I think they definitely... Yeah, I think they definitely you know, have the ability to control our emotions. And and like I said before, the reason that fear is used by any entity is to either disarm us or to drain us, one of the two. You know, if you're when you're when you're scared, even startled, um, even though startled isn't the same as fear. But uh when you're uh when you're scared like that, your energy levels separate, and you no longer have the power to do anything. I mean, if you even try to function, you know, the, the only thing most people can do is run when they're scared. They can't think logically. Um, you know, if you're trying to summon up any energy, you know, to defend yourself, if you if you have the know-how, you're not going to be able to do it if you're scared. Fear is the biggest, you know, enemy that uh, that you have, um, and so they're either disarming us or they're they're you know pulling energy or information out of mm-hmm. us and i don't know you know these very well could be aliens um aliens may not be from another planet aliens may be from earth they they may mm-hmm. be from different dimensions and they're you know i'm sure they know how to move through dimensions and communicate through them that's like my research in transdimensional communication uh you know I, it's it's likely, you know, since I'm trying to send information, you know, through sympathetic resonance through different dimensions, you know, it's likely that if they 
these creatures or aliens try to communicate uh, through dimensions that they may be using similar principles to what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I, you know, it very, you know, I, I did get a conversation. You know, I don't want to get off topic, but uh, you know, I did uh, recently uh, get a stream of uh, communication through that I, I haven't. I was going to release on my show, but I had uh, promised Art Bell that uh, you know once I get significant evidence that I'd give him the first shot. So I can't do it yet, but. Um, but I have actual two-way communication, you know, and it's it's just you know communicating through dimensions like that. And I think these uh, shadow people or aliens, they they can move through dimensions and then come right into your room. It's mm-hmm. like a lot of the encounters, the close encounters you hear, uh, or even that movie, The Fourth Kind, which you don't want to watch, Debbie. <laughs> Hey, I, I didn't even. Yeah, I don't yeah, even have to see it after. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Well, after the dreams but, I've had this the last two uh, weeks, and the fact I had three straight hours of dreams about this particular thing, I saw what they were doing, how they were getting through their full agenda, what their connection was to people, why now instead of before, uh, and how it's interlinked with um, elementals. I mean, it's just I. I Let's just put it this way, like, uh, I was fine, and then all of a sudden I was so completely tired and lethargic that I couldn't stay awake, and um, I fell into an incredibly deep sleep, uh, and I remember looking at the clock, and I couldn't get up, and by the time I could, it was 2.30 in the morning, and I was like, oh my gosh, and I was wired, you know, and it just, uh, you know, everything that I saw, it was unbelievable, so. Yeah, and one thing I, I don't want... I don't want to scare you or people or anything like that, but when, you know, this type of information, it's like shadow people, aliens, they don't want to be known. Mm-hmm. They, whatever their agenda is, they don't want us to know about it or they tell us. And whenever information like this starts to surface, if they can, they're going to squelch it. And, and so it's even, you know, even more than you have been, uh, you know, watching out or on guard, you're going to have to watch it more now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's why I wasn't yeah. surprised when it happened to your vehicle. And I was scrambling. I was thinking, okay, I think his phone died. He's got car troubles. Okay, so he's not going to go live. And I thought, you know, I still need to go live. And I was trying to get a hold of absolutely everybody. Nobody answered their phone. Nobody called me uh-huh. back. And I thought, okay, well, I'm still going to go on live. And, Stephen, I was actually, I don't have your number, but, I was actually considering, I'm like, I need to get a hold of Steve, and I know he has something to say about this, too. So it's interesting you're on the line. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's something you're, you're going to need to basically watch your back. I don't, you know, the, uh, the information, once it gets out there, you know, it's, it's actually, you know, safer. But if there's anything that doesn't want this information out there, it's going to do everything I can, it can to uh, stop it. Yeah, well, that's the and, curious and, thing. Because I before I even me. mention yeah, what I was shown is that uh-huh. they also showed me that. This is something they absolutely do not want for it to be leaked, I guess, if you will. Um, so I guess the dilemma for me is, first of all, why was I allowed to be shown? And second of all, what are they going to do about it? And is it something that they intended? So I, I kind of stand on the fence on why I was even shown what I was shown. You know, um, one of my guides was in my dream, 
actually two of them. Uh, so it's something that I feel like it was a, a moment, I, I guess, if you will, in which they were able to slip that information through to me to show me something uh, while they had kind of like a, a moment of safety to do so. But now, because of that, you know, then what? So, but i got to tell you, I'm just glad to have the pieces fit together, uh, you know, so. Yeah, and and what you're doing right now, and, you know, with your blog that you put up there about some of this stuff, it's the safest thing you can do. I mean, it's the wisest uh, move you can make because it's like uh, John Lear, Um, his father invented the Learjet. John Lear was involved in... uh, uh, you know, with different government agencies, and uh, he was, you know, expert pilot. And he uh, he worked with uh, out of Area 51, and he knew information that uh, you know the government didn't want out. And somehow they thought he was going to release information, and so they they put a hit on him. You know, the gun. Mm-hmm. You know, supposedly the government. I you can't really say that, but. Uh, they were going to silence him, and he found out he got a tip from a friend of his and told him not to go home. He lived in Las Vegas at the time. Yeah. Told him not to go home and uh, not to go back to his apartment because they were going to kill him. And yeah. it's because, you know, he was in these alien crafts. He knew too much. Yeah. And the only reason he's still alive today, he's been on coast to coast several times, but the only reason he's alive today is because instead of going home to his apartment, he went to a radio station in uh, Las Vegas. It might have been a television station. And he told them, you know, I don't want you giving, you know, you know I don't want you filming me or, or giving out my name, uh, but I am going to disclose information. And they went live over the air, and he gave off names of generals and, you know, military personnel and... He told you know what's going on and what's being done. So he basically released all the information they were going to kill him for, and so there was no longer any threat to kill him. Because yeah. if they did kill him, then it only validated you know what he was saying. And you know that's the government, but it works the same way. You know, yeah. When you're well, dealing with uh, other entities. And that's the thing is, I was actually warned. Uh, this was probably two weeks ago before any of this took place and I have it journaled, I was warned about this, uh, you know, and I had a vision where I was standing in a forest and everything was going in incredibly slow motion. And in front of me stood uh, stood a man who had been in a battle. And it kind of, t- it looked like it was medieval times to me, you know. Um, but anyway, he stood there. And I remember being drawn to his back. And so it was kind of like, you know, I shifted around, to the back of him where I saw the back of his head was completely missing and I saw that he had been struck from behind and he had been killed and bludgeoned to death that way he was caught by surprise and in the vision he told me he said you need to be careful watch your back at all times especially the things that come at you by surprise and so the fact that all of this information has come since then you know I'm yeah very cognizant of okay kind of what what lies in waiting but I will say that you know, today's an important day, and, you know, I know you and Stephen and, and, you know, like Carly Rose, um, you know, we all kind of share this common thread of experience with these particular creatures. Yeah, yeah, Carly Rose has what I believe to be the only physical recording of a shadow person. 
she's had it had one in her room talking to her, you know, when she does her direct voice and she has the recordings on you know, I heard the recordings on the mm-hmm. on tape. And it has like a mechanical almost uh it's not like a human voice, it's almost like a deep mechanical voice. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen, what have you experienced? Have you have you captured anything during your investigations? It's you know, uh, and I was just thinking about this even too and, and for people that want to check out Carly Rose's website, it's www.directvoicecommunication.com, dot com and she's got all the, the clips and stuff of the direct voice real time communication stuff that she does on there. But it's you know, and I was I, I'm very sheltered really right now and, and the people that I am kinda of working with and, and taking on um in certain situations, um are kind of at a, at a basic level and starting to learn, but something I, I really something that that I guess I've been kind of learning about really is getting into the the channeling kind of thing. Um, and, and we've been doing private recording sessions and kind of doing that and and seeing it before, but really kind of understanding it at a different level. And it seems that a lot of people that I'm running into are, are people that are having situations, I guess, in paranormal in their houses or whatever. But it seems like it's and you were kind of talking about this earlier, so I'd love to get your, both your guys' perspective on it, is do you think that there's in, that they're gathering information or, or, or something, um, but it seems like there's a, a, yeah. a really a, a sense of urgency or an all-time high yeah. that this, I don't know if it's because I, I know more and I'm able to, to really, <laughs> you know, see how it really works, but it seems like yeah. there's a, a sense of urgency or uh, an increase in activity to some degree or people being able to, that are empathic or, or psychic or mediums are, are being able to at least have certain clues that, that something's going on and not feeling right or are seeing, like you're talking about the shadow people, or in some of the situations that we've even had earlier is actually them being able to manifest and move certain objects. Um, and you guys thoughts on that? Yeah. Do you, do you mind if I take that, Marcus? Sure, go right ahead. Okay. Um, I, I guess, I don't know, I'm kind of chomping at the bit here, but it, it's a perfect question because what I was shown, and I kind of want to break it down uh, in the simplest way, but try and you know make it where it's a little bit uh, explained in a short enough way that I don't lose people here. Uh, what I was shown in these dreams is that the shadow people are very interlinked with um, particular elemental entities. Now, the way that these entities have appeared have appeared very similar to what you would consider uh, the greys. Um, I would consider them aliens, but I look at them of the elemental realm. So I do see them coming more from the earth than I do actually, you know, uh, outer space or other types of uh, celestial bodies. What I saw is that the shadow people are the go-betweens. And what is happening is that the shadow people are... Uh, they're tracking certain people that have not only heightened sensitivities, but have enough of an electromagnetic vibration that could be considered, I don't want to say, not so much a battery, not that it's the energy that they use, but what I saw is that these entities uh, really reside within a power source of heat, of electromagnetic energy that produces heat, such, you know, of course, as uh, people or animals and things like that, but there are particular people that they seek out. Uh, what I saw is that because everything's changing vibrationally, both in the plane of physical matter and non-physical matter, 
these particular elemental aliens are losing their density that is already such a light vibration that their bodies, you know, it, it, it's like um, their energetic bodies already have such a light cohesion that now because the vibration is increasing, their light bodies are starting to dissolve and actually break apart. So the urgency that's happening is they need to integrate into a lower vibration to maintain their life force. Well, the next lower vibration is us. So what I saw happening is that they are sending shadow people to kind of like take, I guess, take a survey of, you know, things that are happening here with people, and they are specifically targeting, um, including children, the people that are most uh, sensitive energetically because it's the most compatible to their own energetic vibration. Uh, so what's happening is those that are really sensitive, you know, such as myself or, you know, uh, uh, even you, Stephen, you know, other people that, that have the ability to connect with the other side regularly, this kind of thing, our vibration, because of our assemblage point, as you would describe, Marcus, uh, resonates to where it is compatible for their vibration. So, therefore, their intent is to attach to us. Now, what their true long-term goal is is to be able to assimilate into uh, a physical body, physical matter. But, of course, as we know, uh, you know, only one spirit can occupy a physical body at one time so you know you can't have two occupying the body at the same time but so what their intent is to be able to not just attach to us but to be able to fully integrate into human form and what they showed me is that they're actually trying to do this um through the birth of new children uh before i know this is going to sound way abstract but before uh after a child is conceived but before the spirit descends into the body uh they're trying to get in and kind of you know beat to the chase. They're trying to actually get into the physical body before the human spirit does, and therefore it helps them integrate into a physical world. But they've had a very low success rate at that because it's just such a quick transition. They haven't been able to uh, adapt well enough. Uh, And, you know, so this is where what they were showing me where there have been several miscarriages without explanation, this kind of thing, um, which goes into a whole other category. But the shadow people I saw as being the ones that are being sent to kind of like keep records, keep tabs, watch us. That's why, you know, they're not really coming after us, but they're not trying to leave either because they're trying to, you know, really keep track. And what I saw is that they are watching people that are starting to catch on. And they're trying to decide that once people catch on to their intent or their agenda, are these people a threat or are they an ally? That's where I'm trying to decide. Um, But it did show me, and this I'm still trying to understand, but what I was shown is that I saw a shadow person standing directly behind uh, this woman. And the reason that they stand directly behind someone is because they're standing in that person's blind spot. Because, you know, right at the nape of the neck, we have uh, kind of like a little bit of a blind spot there. It's hard for us to sense other types of energies, entities. So they purposely stand directly behind someone to not be detected. And they somehow, with their own energetic makeup, uh, it's like they're an instrument, too, they're able to scan the person's energy, uh, their cognition, and their memories. What have they been learning? What type of information? So it's like they are being monitored for not only information that they're learning, 
but to see how much they're actually uh, being able to pay attention to what's really going on. And what I saw is that these elemental aliens, if you will, are, it's, it's like a, a co-creation type of thing. They're relying on us to figure out how to get in. So the more we figure out, the more they're using that to be able to get in. So even like today's broadcast, even talking about that, it's like, well, you know, are we giving information to them that they can then use? I don't know. But that's what I was shown. So it's like the shadow person really is kind of like a scout, um, a tracker, and they don't mean to uh, really take a hike. Their intent is to stick around because it's like they're assigned to us in a way. But... With these elemental entities, what I saw is that there are particular elemental vibrations that people have that is most compatible for them. Uh, and the best way to describe it is I saw, you know, of course you have earth, air, fire, and water, um, but I saw as far as the fire element, uh, the particular vibration, I saw it as like a uh, frequency band, you know, um, kind of like a radio wave, but it's like those that reside within that particular vibrational frequency are most compatible to these entities, and therefore they use that frequency to attach to us. So I don't know what the two of you have to say about that. I mean, that's, I guess, in short, what I was shown. So it would make sense why they go after people that do investigations, like Mm -hmm. as far as paranormal investigations and are really scouting those type of people with empathic or or sensitivities. Um, And it's funny. I've thought, I mean, with the... The coming in and, and birthing and stuff. I've thought about it, but I've never heard anybody else say it. I think I've had a private conversation with one other person about it, um, but that's the first time I've ever heard anybody say it out loud, but it has crossed my mind. It's it's very interesting that you brought it up. Yeah. Marcus, what yeah, do you have to say about all, that? that? That is all kinds of unsettling. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. I just, like, I don't know what else to do with it other than the fact when I woke up, you know, at 2.30, I said, are you kidding me? Are you serious? This is what they did. And I saw that how they're, they're actually very threatened by the water element. Um, and as you know, Marcus, when, you know, in, in uh, your lineage, your Toltec lineage, where they say, you know, to stand under uh, moving water, shower, waterfall, yeah. whatever, uh, because that actually adds as a source of protection. And I saw that they are incredibly vulnerable to water elements uh, because it transmutes their vibration, and it actually not only protects us, but it camouflages us. It's, it's like it creates an interference pattern with their connection to us, including, yeah. you know, of course, the earth element and the air element. But what I saw is that the water, the water element, in particular, was the strongest and most effective, and then came the earth, and then the air was, was I don't want to say the least effective, but it had the lightest amount of camouflage abilities, such as you would use in smudging the smoke, considered yeah, air it's element. Got the lowest, it's got the lowest uh, you know, energetic density, you know, air does, as compared to the others. Uh, and water has the ability... You know, it to to move where Earth doesn't. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't flow. Water can flow, and it's the it's the densest material. When you have when you have the the you know, I, there's a lot of different names, but when you when you have the primal energy, you know, some people call it chi and prana, different things like that. When you have primal energy in a state, uh, a dense state like that, that can move. That's that's what uh, 
creates a shielding. That's what creates it. Creates a flow of this primal force around the object, uh, where fire, air, and well, air can do it, but not very well because it's not very dense. It doesn't contain a lot of the. It's not a lot of quantity of the primal you know, force with it. So water is the most protective and uh, and the most powerful when it comes to to uh, creating fields of energy. Put it that way. But you know, it, it can also do just the opposite too. It can also, uh, you know, carry you away. My uh, my teacher, you know, Dr. Castaneda, he was vulnerable to that. Uh, the spirit of water, you know, the energy frequencies of water, uh, it, it's like it fascinated him, you know, on an mm-hmm. energetic level, and he would become so engrossed in it that if he focused his attention on it, it would take his attention away and he would like merge with it and so it was actually a danger to him there was a time when he could not even you know take a shower he had to stay out of water because it's it just you know it attached to him and so it's for most people you know it's a good thing but water you know is an elemental and it can also you know affect your energies if you let it yeah but it's uh yeah it's uh that's very, very, you know, disturbing information because it all makes perfect sense now. And, yeah, I you know, just I, I I've been trained in in actual spiritual combat, you know, as part of the lineage, and I've I've butted heads with entities, you know, in the past. But uh, I think now I'm going to put night lights in my lab here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, get this too. This is what else I was shown. Okay, you know how we've discussed. All right, is where. People use candles during ceremonies. Uh, they'll use fire as initiation. What I saw is that these particular elemental aliens thrive on that. That is a fuel source, an energy source for them. They, yeah. you know, obviously are drawn uh, to the flame, but this particular uh, energy in physical form, uh, you know, is something that they use to actually help them you know, come closer to our vibration. So what what made sense to me was that, like, say, during paranormal investigations, you know, when you've got a whole crew there, and, of course, you're adding uh, more bodies uh, to the area, you've got uh, people that are, are doing different types of studies, and, and they're using electromagnetics for, you know, part of their equipment. Of course, you have, you know, cameras, you've got recorders, you've got all this stuff that's emitting a vibrational, um, just a, a sub-frequency, if you will, but what I saw is that it's that's how they're able and why they're able to congregate. Remember, Stephen, we were talking about this last year, is that they're congregating in particular locations, and it's like they're waiting for you to get yeah. there. It makes a lot of sense a year later, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, right? Can we get that information like a long time ago? That would have really helped yeah. on a lot of the... Uh, uh, you know, experiences that we had. But what I saw is that it's it's kind of like, you know, where they're trying to integrate into our particular vibration, that's what they're most compatible with is the fire element energy. People that are sensitive often, you know, because of their energy bodies, the electromagnetic current and frequency, uh, it's just, it's it's kind of like, you know, walking through a doorway and, and you're both able to see, hear, and feel each other and, it's not that they mean us harm. I do want to be clear about that uh, because I did see this. It's not that they mean us harm. Think of our species, okay? Think of our race as if, let's say, scientists were to say, all right, 
our oxygen level is at such an all-time low that, okay, get ready, we're going to have a quick depopulation problem. Or let's just think that the planet all of a sudden at, at a dramatic rate loses its gravity and we start to, you know, lose our ability to stay connected to the earth. That's what's happening to them. They're losing uh, the ability to sustain life, so they're having to panic. It's like, you know, they're integrating into us whether they want to or not, and it's not that they mean us harm, but they're not exactly trying to uh, preserve our own health and well-being, you know, above their own either. Yeah, that makes sense. I completely, you know, agree with you on that. It's like they're throwing anchors out just uh, for self-preservation. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's good, though, that you bring this information out because people have to know this. You know, if you don't know this is going on, you know, then, uh, you know, it will just, you know, continue. And, you know, you know, I don't think these things, like you said, are evil, but I don't know that, uh, you know, I, I don't know what their fascination, why they're connected here. Right. Um, I don't know why they can't move to another place. It's just not enough known. But yeah. uh, you definitely, you know, one species will, uh, it happens in evolution, one species will wipe out another species, you know, just for self-preservation because that's one of the strongest emotions there is, is self-preservation. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so it's it's good to know, uh, you know, to have this information to um make people aware, even if whether they believe it or not, uh, it's something they'll keep in the back of their heads now. And, you know, as certain things, I think this is going to happen more and more now. Um, there are going to be more sightings. There are going to be more uh, children being born and uh, you know, with these abilities. And, you know, this is something people keep in their, just, just keep in the back of their head, you know, when they yeah. see things happening. And, at least they have something to fall back on. It's right. what to do about it's another question. Well, that's that's what I was hoping we could talk about today. Um, you know, being that, okay, yes, this is what's going on. Now, whether or not it's something that uh, people are open to or, or, you know, they believe, I was hoping that we could also cover techniques of protection that truly pertain to elemental energies. Because if it is true that the water element can transmute, of course, you know, the fire element that actually distorts the subfrequency band, oh gosh, you know, the energetic connection that they have yeah. to us. Um, because what I saw is it's kind of like, okay, we have frequency bands and then we have subfrequencies. And there's multitudes of subfrequencies within each particular frequency band, which people uh, reside within a particular frequency band, but they're all kind of like positioned in subfrequency bands. So uh, what I saw is other elements being able to be used as kind of like a distortion pattern that makes us really invisible to them, um, whether temporary or long-term, but kind of like how when you're talking energetically, putting ourselves into a very high vibration where it's like, you know, we're warp speed above them and they can't detect us. Uh, what I was shown is using other elements as a way to create that same effect. And so I was hoping that, you know, the two of you could talk today about uh, different types of techniques that you use for a source of protection um, when you're looking at, you know, using whether it's uh, smudging or the water or 
you know, things like this, stones and using the trees, uh, you know, the aura of the trees like you were talking about prior, Marcus, uh, you know, things like that of being able to, um, you know, use that. I think the the best yeah. thing that I've ever heard came from Marcus. Um, and I'll kind of let Marcus get into it, but when you were talking about the, the beam of light and shooting it out from you, um, and some of the things that I've used even before in, in binding certain spirits and, and getting into... Um, certain stuff out of the Bible um, that I've had success with and in, in getting into Psalms, um, specific things. And, and I've kind of noticed recently that that's not really working very much for me anymore. Um, but one of the things that I, I, when I'm in a very uncomfortable situation and I, I go back and I remember, Mark, I heard this straight from you, Marcus, with the, the beaming light from you is something that I, I've had a lot of success with also. Yeah, and... And that type of you know energy, you you want to you want to focus it, and it's best you know when you send out uh, your you know an intention like that is basically what it is. It's it's your own personal power that you're you're sending out for a specific purpose, and you're you know some people are better at it than others, but any everybody can learn how to do it. And uh, you know once you you summon up your your thoughts, you have to program it, you know, what you want it intended for, and usually just a high-frequency, you know, uh, stream of energy, beam of light, whatever you want to call it, is the easiest for people to visualize. But the place you want to launch it from is your solar plexus. Uh, that is, uh, you have different energy portals on your body, and that's one of the strongest for sending information out. It's also your most vulnerable place for attack. If you come under any kind of attack, uh, where you feel something is trying to, you know, get you or drain you or tap into you, that's the area you want to protect. And even putting something over you, even a pillow, if you put a push a pillow against your solar plexus, against your chest area there, it's just more matter that they have to go through. It's more in matter is energy, so it's more technically you're creating, you're throwing more energy up between you and whatever it is. And it usually comes from the front, and, you know, so when, when something comes in to, to attach to you or to actually throw energy at you, you know, of a, a disharmonious nature, um, that's, that's what you got to protect. You can do it energetically. There are different, you know, techniques and procedures that uh, different cultures have developed. But, um, you know, if nothing else, just, just grab something and push it against you or curl up into a ball. It's hard you know, the fetal position is, is a very safe and stable position energetically. But if you send the energy out, that's where you send it from. And uh, you send it out to its target or just to actually, you know, surround you. But uh, if if things are changing like this, they're finding ways to hang on uh, or maybe even different frequencies you know, to use to get into you or or to stay attached to you, then there's new techniques are going to have to be developed. Yeah, and well, like what thing, I saw, yeah, and, and what I saw is that they're using electromagnetic energy to do it. So when we're yeah. visualizing, when we're meditating, when we're energetically projecting, it's so uh, easy for them to connect to that because it's the same type of vibration they're using to attach. So remember when I was telling you back in January, I'm like, you know, I'm doing these meditations, I'm doing these visualizations. How is it that, you know, they're they're still able to get in? And and that's where I really think it is. And um, if you remember, this was over a year ago. 
uh, you, my dad, and a friend of mine all had within a week the same dream where I was yeah. in front of these coals of this fire, remember? Yeah. And where I went to touch it, and, of course, there was, you know, this explosion and things like that. And, and uh, you know, so it's something I really think that piecing everything together, that this this is what's going on. So, um, you know, being able to use other techniques, like you're saying, tell us, tell everybody a little bit about... Uh, the trees and the water, that's something that I don't know a lot of people know that they can use that is yeah. a really good source of protection. Yeah, well, first of all, trees, uh, for some reason, even even though we do you know, all kinds of things and atrocities to them, trees like us. And, uh, you know, they, they don't have the same intelligent level that, that we have, but they have a similar energy pattern. Their assemblage points are similar to humans, and their actual energy fields, their auras, um, they're, they're almost identical to humans except they're elongated. You know, where ours is egg-shaped, theirs is like stretched out to like an elliptical, you know, skinny elliptical. And that may be, you know, the reason they our energies just may be the most pleasing to them because they are so, uh, so close in harmony. But um, trees will... You know, because of that, they they will exchange energy with you, with you. And trees have an enormous amount of energy compared to you, know, unless it's a little sapling or something. It has an enormous amount of energy compared to a human. And they're very grounded into the earth where we're separated. And um, so a tree, if you get into its energy field and and stay in it, you're you're actually kind of protected. It's harder for something to get to you. Because any negativity is being absorbed by the energy of the tree, and it's going right into the earth. It's just being grounded out. And uh, you know, the easiest way you know to do it is is to sit down, take your shoes off, and sit down with your back against the trunk of a tree, and you know, raise your legs up so you can plant your feet right on the ground. And by doing that, you're you're connected to the the root system and to the tree itself, and a lot of times the tree will actually balance out your energies and, and cleanse you. If you have a lot of uh, you know weakness or negativities, the tree will will uh, will cleanse your energies right out, and uh, it, it you know drains it. But um, a lot of people when they get a, a real bad headache, they'll go do that. They'll go you know sit under a tree or next to it or touch it. Just make sure there's not a bunch of ants rolling on it like I made the mistake <laughs> one time. And uh, because the ants aren't beneficial to your energy. But, uh, you know, they and it, it, in a matter of minutes, sometimes a, a headache uh, will go away. And it's not miraculous things. What it's doing is just balancing your energy out. And, you know, if you come under attack, um, that is, you know, another thing. Now, there are, you know, some trees are better than other trees. Uh, pine trees, for example, are one of the most common trees, but they're, they're you know, a medium, you know, quality at, at doing that. Uh, oak trees are are very powerful. That's why that bog oak, you know, because that's, yeah. that bog oak is almost 6,000 years old, and it's the actual wood. And it's it's accumulated energy, even though it was in the bogs of Ireland for so long, you know, for 50 centuries. It's still 
you know, during that time, it's been accumulating, you know, vibrational energy from the earth, and that's what makes that stuff so powerful. But, uh, you know, oak trees, uh, ash, you know, most any of the trees, but I, I would say probably, you know, oak is one of the most powerful. But, you know, any tree will do that. Uh, running water is, you know, like we talked about, it contains a lot of... Uh, energy, primal energy, you know, chi, it contains a, a lot of it. And standing water is not good. In fact, that's, you know, that's something one time when you were having, you know, that problem. Mm-hmm. And you told me you you took a bath. I was thinking, oh, no, that's not the same. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just... Yeah, I got water. Everything was yeah. stagnant. You know, it, there was no energy flowing. Yeah. And so you could have come under attack, you know, sitting in a bathtub. Yeah, but, uh, at 10:30 in the morning have, is when. <laughs> yeah, you got to have uh, energy flowing or water flowing. Uh, think of it as electricity flowing through a wire. If you, uh, when electricity flows through a wire, it pulls, you know, with it uh, a lot of the the chi, a lot of the primal force that you know science hasn't really identified yet. They they know it's there, but they don't know what it is. Uh, it's also known as zero point energy, but it pulls a lot of a lot of it with it when it's traveling down the wire. And what that does, it creates a shield of energy around the wire, a magnetic field. And it's it's the same principle with running water. It creates a zero point shield. I guess you'd call it. You know, the scientific term would be a zero point field of energy around a stream of running water from a garden hose, for example. And, you know, the faster it's going and the more water you have, like a river, you know, the more powerful the uh, the stream is. And that stream is protected because nothing can really get to you. It gets, it's like, you know, somebody throwing feathers at you in a windstorm. It's not going to get to you. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as they find new ways, if this is what they're doing, if they're finding new ways to attach or to, you know, attack, attach, whatever they're doing, um, they're going to be using different frequencies, and their attachments might become even deep, deeper rooted in us. Yeah. And so projecting, you know, the, these methods might work. You know, still, they're going to help. Uh, projecting your own white light out or your own energy fields out will work to a certain extent, but they may get to a point where they're diminishing effectiveness and uh, it could even get to the point where it doesn't work very well at all yeah and, you know the first thing that comes to my mind to counteract that would uh, it, it's like on an oil well you know when the oil well catches on fire they don't you know get the hose out and start shooting it with water it you know that only spreads it uh, they they do an explosion they explode you know, something right over it, and it, it smothers, it blows, basically blows the fire out. And that may be something that we have to figure out, you know, a new technique or meditation. It's going to involve frequency of consciousness and, and focused intent. But instead of just sending energy out, you know, to protect yourself, you know, from this, uh, you may have to, uh, you may have to explode it. You know, like a, a massive pulse, you know, all the energy put into one pulse, so that if something is attached to you, it'll break it free. 
And that would make that's sense. Actually, that's actually how uh, you know people that go to some of these haunted locations, uh, and there's so many people doing that, and they're they're bringing back so many things and so many problems. You know, it's it's scary when, you know to think about it, but um, they're bringing back spiritual entities or energies that are attached to them. Uh, you know, like a like a leech attaches to you, and the only way to effectively get them off, you know, you can do, you know, your prayers of intention, you can do smudging, and, and that will work in a lot of cases, but if it's a really, you know, burrowed into your energy system, uh, that's a technique you have to use. It's, uh, it's a combination of power smudging and uh, an actual pulsating intent. You have to build up, you know, it's like you're building up what you want uh, to do, like a blast of, of energy. And you build it up and build it up, and then you, you know, and this is something that takes practice. It's not something you can just say and do. Um, you build it up to a certain critical point, and then when you it reaches, you know, when your own intention inside you reaches the, um, you know, reaches the level of containment, then it's going to burst out, and it'll be like a, you know, like a bomb dropped on it instead of just, you know, spraying it with a hose or something. And it, you will break the uh, the attachments. I've had to do that, um, not so much to myself, but to a few other people before. And uh, it's actually basically blasting it away. And once it's away, then it's hard for it, you know, to attach again. But, well, it's uh, in, it's yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that, Stephen. Now, um, I, I wanted to ask you a question too, because if you're going to look, <laughs> yeah. you know, come on. <laughs> Hey, I got you on the line. I got to take advantage here. No, um, I was uh, with you. Okay, so looking back a year ago when a lot of these things really started to happen, when you were knee-deep in a lot of uh, different types of investigations, um, what were you experiencing too, like what Marcus is saying when it comes to like these investigations with attachments and you know different types of entities you're interacting with that you say never had to interact with before? What were some of your experiences there? Um, great question. <laughs> Do you um, mind the question? Really, I mean, I'm just curious. No, 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 it's, no, this is the very important stuff. Um, and really now, I don't, I mean, there's, as far as paranormal investigations, I try and stay away from it and more kind of focus on, on the mediumship and, and understanding and the, the, what's going on with that. Um, in certain situations, I guess, with, with people that I know that are in some kind of fear or something, then, then I will really get into it. But I, I and what's one of the things where, I, where you, we're really hesitant to get involved in, in doing paranormal investigations and, and to that degree, and I understand exactly um, why now. Um, because, it was, yeah, there were certain things, and, and I was kind of getting into it earlier and asking about um, going into certain locations um, and really the sphere of influence um, and the, the different tactics that they use. And, and I believe in, in telepathic communication, um, and that spirits or whatever these things are gain energy from strong emotions um, and, and getting into, I mean, with anger, um, you know, happiness, whatever the emotions are. But for some, I don't completely understand it, but they do gain some kind of energy or get something from manipulating certain situations to gain from human emotions um, and getting into the, I believe that I've had attachments um, that I've brought certain things home from investigations that have made my life very difficult um, you know, through certain open doors or, or certain things that I didn't fully understand at the time. Um, 
Now, and one of the things when I really went through that, and I was getting into where I believe was was possession type stuff, and and just I mean they were really having a strong connection to me or people that I surrounded myself with that I cared very much about. Um, to where they would you know just thoughts would pop in the head, um, and then even we recorded getting into and I mean you can call it channeling gone wrong or possession or however you want to look at it, but where. There was just a lot of very weird things happening with myself and, and other people that I was surrounded with. Where we in getting into the documenting and recording aspect of it, where we would start to document and recording this stuff. Um, and what was going through and getting into the intention of, of what what it was, why they were doing certain things and what they wanted. Um, and, and getting into the theory of, I believe that they can tune into our intentions also. Um, you know, and you see a lot of people go and, and do investigations and getting into the, the debunkers and, and the people that are kind of on the fence about is life and their intelligent life after death and is this stuff real? And they don't really get a lot of evidence, um, you know, and that's kind of supporting my theory of they are in, tuned into our intention. Um, but it's what, automatically when, when I was going through a very uncomfortable thing, emotional instability, uh, anger, fear, doubt, um, jealousy, greed, I mean, getting in, lost, all kinds of different emotions, and how they were able to manipulate, or I believe they were able to manipulate certain things, divide and conquer tactics, um, to where I automatically, I kind of went underground and moved, in, and really I live, um, you know, I sleep probably 20 feet from, from the sea, the salt water right now, mm. and getting into going and, and meditating on the in the ocean on a, on a pretty regular weekly basis. Um, now, and, and that's something that, that, that I've been very comfortable with, and, and I mean, even doing the show, um, I've talked to, to you and Marcus and done shows, so I know the, the level of, of stuff that we were going to talk about. <laughs> it was funny that Marcus even kind of said, um, was even talking about it. I, did, I came outside to do the show um, and, and didn't want to do it in my house, but it was, you know, just getting into being comfortable. And, and I've been here for a little while now, and it's just, you know, finding something that I was comfortable with and, and being drawn to the salt water um, and going and, and kind of doing meditation stuff inside, like going in the ocean. Um, so I was very happy to hear Marcus talk about not being in still water, but having that flow. But that was just something automatically. I was I was very uncomfortable with certain things and, and going and believing. Um, you know, and we've talked about going into certain locations um, and almost feel like being baited there um, and having spirits kind of attach to specific people after, you know, the, everybody, the investigation was gone. Um, and then watching the uh, emotional situations of the people that, that were on the investigation and, and watching the series of events that happened afterwards um, mm -hmm. was something I, I don't completely understand the intention behind it or what is, you know, the, the mechanics of it, but I do think it is something to, to pay very close attention to, um, to where I, I'm not as a big an advocate of, of, you know, preaching that, you know, doing the paranormal investigation. And I believe that there's certain people that are called to do that, and it is a crucial part of, of understanding um, but it's, you know, just, you know, when you see somebody on TV and that's your motivation because you, you get excited or you're a thrill seeker to go out and do paranormal investigations, I really think that you should be very, very careful and, and really understand your intent of why you do what you do or understand your calling um, and, and what you can contribute and, and the risks that you have to take. Um, this stuff is, is you know, and, and I ask people this, too, with, with doing radio and, and people that do just do paranormal research and, and say, now that you know what you know now, would you have done it over again? Um, would you still have done the same things that you did to put you in the place that it put you now? And it's very interesting on a lot of the answers that I get. Um, 
I mean, in, in different levels of people's understanding and, and degree of where they get involved. But, um, you know, it's been, for me, I guess it's been something, I, I guess I would still do the same things that I've done in, in getting involved in, in doing investigations and, and learning and growing in the, in the metaphysical and, and understanding the unexplained. Um, but it's it's been an emotional roller coaster. I'll say that, <laughs> by the least. Um, but it's it's it is something that that is legitimately there is stuff going on, um, and, and there are certain people out there like Marcus and you and and Carly and people that that have these things that that can really have breakthroughs in this field to help put the pieces of the puzzle together, so that we can really understand what's going on to be able to either tap into the to the the source and and gain energy or strength or, or knowledge from it, or to really you know. Uh, I guess if they're whatever their intention is, tune into what their intention is and be aware. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing too is uh, you know there's a high responsibility, uh, and I think the more that people are aware of what they're actually encountering, I, I think the more progress they'll make. And I, it all has to do too with you know it's it's amazing. There's so many people that have the curiosity, and of course they make the effort to go in and do it, but. You know, when you look at the background of a lot of things that happen in private, and I know you know this, and Marcus, I know you know this too, because we all know the same people, but, you know, there's there's a lot of investigations where people will encounter something as a group that is just so much that they don't even maintain the documentation of it for public use, you know, whereas we see yeah. that a lot of times the spirit's intent is for that information and data not to become public, and of course, a lot of things end up getting sabotaged. But, you know, when we look at the overall aspect of it, you know, I think that the more we're aware, the more we understand, the more we know how to navigate through it. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, in the paranormal field, um, like I said before, it's it, it really, you know, it scares me when I see a lot of people, uh, what they're doing, because they really have no clue what they're messing with. And, you know, so many people are doing it. You know, it's become a popular hobby. Um, but they're going into places and they're doing things that I would never consider doing because I know what's there and I know I know how these these things can attach to you. And once, once they do, uh, once they attach to you, your energy changes. And if it happens to be a lower vibrational energy, your energy personality changes. And somebody that you know would never you know, do anything to hurt you, uh, can send, suddenly their energy can become, you know, uh, disharm. You know, uh, it, it's no longer in harmony. It's it's like a dissidence, um, and people. It's made people act ways that uh, they normally would never act. You know, sometimes to great extremes. If you look at the paranormal community as a whole, it's one of the most, uh, you know. Socially, it's one of the most uh, disharmonious, um, you know, groups, social groups I've ever seen. There are more, you know, there's there's more drama, there's more jealousies, there's more more of the negative human emotions involved in the paranormal society yeah. than any other group. And that's, I believe, is part of the reason is people are throwing themselves into places where they don't know how to protect themselves. And their energies are actually being changed. It could be a lot of these. It could be exactly what you're saying. These these things are attaching and trying to integrate. But it's also 
it's also, you know, if one person is constantly coming under attack, uh, their energy fields change. Even if that person doesn't change the way they act, that person uh, has a different energy field that is no longer in harmony with, uh, with you know, people that they, they used to be in harmony with. Mm-hmm. You'll see this a lot uh, in the paranormal communities. Um, you know, and, and so it's, it's something that, you know, I wish more people were aware of. But the thing that really scares me is when I see kids going and doing paranormal investigations. You know, they're, they're even more vulnerable than, uh, than most adults. Yeah. You see teenagers going in and stuff, and they're, you know, leaving themselves wide open. Yeah, but, well, and uh, in, in them not having the tools yet to be able to discern the difference between, you know, uh, positive or negative, but really being able to understand how to react to attachment situations or yeah. different types of empathic experiences where we're seeing a lot of these kids have more of an empathic reaction than they do, say, uh, visionary, you know, and it's something that how do they really equate that and and how do they you know filter that through especially you know when they're still trying to navigate at a I don't want to say at a beginner stage because it's not like that but when they're still trying to navigate how to understand their own empathy towards you know fellow students or friends or parents and things like that it's like a total overwhelming bombardment and you know we're seeing where a lot of these kids go into um, you know depression or bits of rage or disassociation and it just a lot of times they don't even understand that it's taking place until it's at such a crucial level, you know, that parents are at wit's end, and it's like, okay, what's going on? It's not just been like a dark part to it, but it really is part of what's happening when they're going in and they're doing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that parents and, and, and you know, adults, you know, have to uh, have to become aware of is that, you know, if, if energetic dissidence like this takes place in someone, um, it's it you know it's very destructive uh it it uh can destroy friendships relationships it can destroy families even it can get that bad and the this type of energetic dissidence comes from people who you know especially you know some people dabble in the occult they don't really understand what they're doing and they're opening up doors and bringing this stuff right to them other people go to haunted locations where there's there's a lot of activity you know and energetic beings are drawn to and you know if if they connect and they don't know what's going on especially you know kids they don't know why the kids are suddenly acting weird yeah um you know they they say they're rebellious but uh i think there's a lot more to it than that because you can uh you can love someone very much and yet uh the energy conflict between them you know just uh manifest that way and it can be fixed, I mean, if you're aware of it. But if you're not, then it ends up destroying lives. Yeah. This is Marcus Leader, and you have been listening to The Shaman's Brew on Jackalope 105 FM on the Jackalope Media Network. <laughs>